0: again everybody this is welcome to the Ville the official podcast of the Louisville Cardinals I'm Nick Curran thanks for uh, checking us out again you can uh, get the podcast via a variety of uh, avenues you can go to iTunes Google Play and Spotify available at all those places as well as on gocards.com we certainly appreciate you streaming the podcast subscribing to it downloading episodes and if you could leave a rating that would be great as well our guest this week, uh, kind of a different way we're going this week with with the the podcast, the voice of the cards,
1: Paul Rogers joins us. Paul, uh, thanks for doing this. How are you? Well, I'm healthy. I've managed to stay healthy. That's everybody's main goal day in and day out, I think. It obviously has been a very bizarre and strange summer for me and for everybody, so I just kind of go a day at a time. and. Like you and the rest of us, uh, watching day by day and almost hour by hour now, yeah. uh, the, the status of the season. Are we going to have a football season or not? Yeah,
0: as we record this, there's a lot of going back and forth. Uh, this is the day I'm sure you've seen it by now. If you're listening or heard Scott Satterfield, a teleconference earlier today. So a lot um, to be worked out there and we'll try not to get too much into that because I don't know how relevant, whatever we say about that will be um, when this actually comes out. But um, certainly in the, in the midst of, of all that happening right now. Um, how, uh, how's the golf game as we're right in the middle of the summer.
1: That's the one thing that has benefited from a pandemic. (laughs) I have played, I've played frequently. Now I was late to the party though. I will say this. I, I, I was very careful and still am about everything. And I had some people back early in the spring say, Hey, would you like to play golf? And I said, no, I'm just not really comfortable being out there. But finally I did. And when I did, I realized that golf is one sport that can be pretty safely done. Everybody seems to be very considered and cognizant of the risks and of the social distancing. And so uh, once I got comfortable playing, I have been playing frequently and I've played the best I've ever played. So (laughs) maybe I just needed a pandemic to, (laughs) give me some motivation to get out. Uh, It's been the one saving grace, sort of the one getaway, the one thing I've been doing and enjoying doing. So uh, hopefully I can continue doing that for a little while longer.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Glad, glad it's going well out there. That's, that's good. Um, What, uh, besides that, any, anything else you've been doing to, to kind of pass the time?
1: Not really. Uh, My wife and I did take a trip to Florida back in June. We have a place down there and and we thought it would be safe to go. Uh, We had postponed it for May. But then when we got down to Florida in June, of course, that's when things really started blowing up in that state. So we were extremely careful there. We didn't go out to restaurants. We just stayed in our condominium pretty much. And when we got home, we were tested and both were okay. So it's uh, you know, we have minimal contact with our grandchildren. We see them from a distance from time to time. Walk the neighborhood a lot. Um, That's another thing that's been good Has probably got more exercise than usual because I do a (laughs) lot of walking and uh, walk with my headphones, listen to music, listen to basketball games, listen to podcasts and things like that. So uh, my life, I'm sure, is not significantly different from anybody else's. I'm just uh, trying to stay healthy and get through each day as I can.
0: Yeah, definitely, definitely what, uh, what we're all doing right now. Um, w- let's go back to, uh, the tail end of last basketball season, um, in Greensboro, obviously for the ACC tournament, what was all that like as you know, the news was kind of coming down that, that, uh, the ACC tournament and then the NCAA tournament weren't going to, uh, to, to continue or, or be held at all
1: very strange obviously the the strangest ending i've ever experienced to a season i remember talking to people on the flight back from greensboro you know when you lose in a tournament you go home and you feel bad but at least there was a finality to it with this it was just such a hollow empty feeling when it all ended you really didn't know what to think how to react uh, what the long-term future was going to be uh so it was it was quite strange and um I remember, you know, we talk about things changing now. I remember that morning we were scheduled to play Syracuse. That morning I actually did an interview <clears throat> with a Syracuse radio station about the game. Uh, and the topic did come up. Did we think it would be played? And at the time we thought, well, yeah, things are kind of strange, but yeah, we're going to play the game. And about an hour after that, we didn't play the game. The whole tournament was off. The whole season was off. And there we all sat and we uh, finally got a flight home. Trying to remember now, I think we had to stay that night and it wasn't until the next day till we got a flight yeah. home. And that was one sad flight home, I'll tell you that.
0: Yeah. Awful, uh tough situation. It, going back before that and, and going back through the football season and then into, you know, the basketball season, how enjoyable was Last season for you 2019 2020 kind of leading up to that with with obviously the the incredible turnaround for the football team and it seemed like uh, men's basketball and Chris Max second year was was really kind of uh, a turning a corner how, how much fun was it uh, to be front and center for those couple of sports last year before everything came to a
1: halt. It was a blast, especially football, because of how surprising and how dramatic the turnaround was. And to watch that team grow and develop and watch them have fun doing it, uh, the way they interacted with their coaches and the way they celebrated every win and just the closeness with that group and the exciting offense that they played uh, that that season and working with Centerfield and his staff, everything about it was a a broadcaster's dream. They were a front group to be around. Uh, the games were entertaining, and so football was a gas. And then basketball ramped up. And, of course, it, at a, for a while there, Louisville was ranked number one. Uh, hit a few roadblocks along the way, but that's unusual in basketball season. You still felt that Louisville was a contender to make a good run in the tournament. Uh, the, that that uh, 10-game winning streak was remarkable, highlighted by the win at Duke, I would say. So, yeah, I mean, the way things were just sailing along, it just made the end of it that much more abrupt and sad.
0: It, uh, it certainly did. And, and, uh, but, but a lot of fun to kind of watch before all that happened and and the same with a number of sports, um, let's go back to, and and kind of focus on you and and your career. And I'm sure a lot of this stuff you've been asked a, a thousand times. So apologies for that, but, um, you've talked a lot about the, the influence Kaywood Ledford had on you and, and, you know, and, and, and inspiring you. And and then obviously ultimately being a mentor for you. Um, did you, did you consider any other career as you were kind of growing up or was this what you kind of landed on pretty early and, and stuck with?
1: My parents always wanted me to consider another career and have a plan <laughs> B, but you know how you know how when you're a kid, you're stubborn, you're ignorant, you're naive, and you think, nope, this is what I'm going to do. And luckily for me, I did. Uh, I know other people who have the same ideas and hopes, and it didn't work out, but for me, fortunately, it did, <clears throat> and a lot because, frankly, of just some good timing. Uh, while I was a student at the University of Kentucky majoring in telecommunications, I got to know Kaywood Ledford. Who, for those who don't know, and, and it, I, it, it's, it's so sad to me that some people now don't remember him, but that's what happens when time goes on. But Kaywood Ledford was a highly esteemed sports anchor and broadcaster at WHAS TV and Radio, who also was the voice of University of Kentucky for many years. And I got to know him while I was at UK, and he broadcast the games, and he knew I was an inspiring sportscaster. And, as luck would have it, uh, right out of college, they decided to expand their sports department. And I went in for an interview, and he hired me the next day. And I've been there ever since, or, or ever since until I, I sort of retired here this past winter uh, uh, from my daily job. But uh, fortunately, was able to continue to do the games, and hopefully will do that if there is a season coming up. But it was something I always wanted to do, and I was very fortunate that, that my career pretty much followed the path I'd hoped it would.
0: How did you, after, you know, after you started at at WHAS, as you just mentioned, how did that eventually become you being the voice of the Cards?
1: Actually, I was originally hired to do just that. It was in 1973, and the station was doing Kentucky, University of Kentucky, Kentucky Colonels, and University of Louisville. And at that time, Van Vance and Kaywood Letford were their only two guys doing play-by-play, and whichever one was available Van was doing kernels, Kwood did UK, and whoever was available would do U of L. Well, after they did that for a year, they realized that wasn't going to work. They needed somebody to do U of L. And so I was hired to do that, as well as other general sports casting duties. Um, later contracts changed and we did not have the U of L package, and then the kernels folded. So when the station got U of L back, Van, for seniority reasons, and rightfully so, then did the Louisville games. And then uh, he quit doing Louisville uh, football. I took over in 1992, and then he quit doing Louisville basketball, and I took over that in 1995. So kind of weird, about 20 years after I went to work there, I sort of got back to where I started, (laughs) which was doing the, the Louisville games, which is what I most wanted to do and to this day most enjoy doing.
0: Absolutely. And it's been, uh, well, great for all of us to be able to listen. Um, you know, and I know you've talked a lot about K wood and, and you already did and, and the impact he had on you. Was there, was there in addition to him or, or maybe more about his influence, but anybody else that, that you kind of, uh, uh, that, that kind of influenced you that, that you looked to as, as you were kind of starting out?
1: I think Kaywood had the biggest influence on me just because I grew up listening to him and admired him and liked his style and to some degree, I think emulated his style. But there were certainly others who assisted me along the way. Um, When I was in college, a man named Don Wheeler ran the local campus station, which was then WBKY. I believe it's called WUKY now. And he saw something in me and encouraged me and, and helped me along. And Then I interned for a summer right before I was hired at WHAS. I I interned for a summer at Wave TV and Radio, and old timers will know these two names: Joe Knight and Ed Calais, who were longtime sportscasters there. They were very helpful and encouraging to me. And so, uh, and then once I went to work at WHAS, Van Vance was very helpful in guiding me along. Uh, And so, you you always have people that that give you advice and counsel and encouragement. And I've always tried to remember that and uh, appreciate them and thank them. And have always tried to do the same when, when I'm asked for advice from others.
0: That is uh, that is awesome, man. You know, you, you start, and this was something for me um, when you start uh, kind of traveling with a team or Um, You know, calling the games and you're going to be at every game and traveling there. There's certain things that that you you kind of learn then, like um, when I started doing Bellarmine games, uh, Mark Bogg, who was the color commentator, still is on Bellarmine broadcast. But uh, really helped me as we started traveling, like things like, uh, you know, we're leaving for the gym for a practice at this time but you actually need to be out there 15 minutes early because if you're on time you're probably late uh (laughs) things like that was there was there anybody as you started traveling around with teams to call games like this uh that kind of helped you know um about just inside things with the team that that maybe you wouldn't know otherwise
1: not in particular. I, I've always been an early on-time person anyway, so that, that's never been an issue. You just you learn every uh, program and every coach has his way of doing things and uh, how much access you're allowed and how comfortable you are being in, in certain places, and you kind of learn what the boundaries are. Um, I think the one thing people don't think about, uh, outsiders don't think about the, what we have to do, and I'm sure you have experienced this, is, it, it's not just showing up for a game, and it's not even just the preparation for the game. It's logistics of getting to the game. Like, I usually have to get to the stadium sooner than the team does. So nowadays, I often take an Uber, and before that it was cabs, uh, various methods of getting to the arena or stadium and, and getting set up and getting all those things done so that you can start a broadcast of begins. 90 minutes before the game starts. So there. there's a lot of things you kind of have to learn along the way. That, oh, yeah, I got to take care of this. How do I make sure I've got that ready to go? So uh, as, as you know, Nick, the actual game broadcast is probably the easiest and most enjoyable part. It's all the stuff you have to do to get there that is all the work.
0: Yes, no doubt about that, which leads <laughs> me into the next question. Are Is there any good... Um, travel or equipment story that stands out to you? We've all got some where something went wrong or something barely went right at the last second to get on the air. Are there any sort of stories like that that stand out to you from from uh, <laughs> over your time? Too
1: many to tell. <laughs> uh, fortunately, not many recently for two reasons. One, the technology has gotten a lot better and, sure. and B, as, as I have an engineer most of the time now who takes care of all that. But oh yeah, I have stories of crawling under the table trying to get games hooked up. I remember one time Bob Valvano grabbed a cell phone and was calling the game while I was crawling around under the table trying to find some wires that had come unhooked or connections that had come loose. Who knew what? Uh, I remember one year we were in Alaska for the Great Alaska Shootout and I just could not get the the telephone lines hooked up right. And I was scrambling around, I don't know, for probably an hour and a half Uh, trying to figure out what was wrong and trying to figure out what went where. And amazingly, as the open was being played at the studio, it all connected. And I came on (laughs) huffing and puffing out of breath and just, uh, okay, here we are. (laughs) Now now we can go to work. So uh, everybody's got those horror stories. Uh, We usually manage to live through them, although at the time we wonder if we will.
0: There's nothing better than that. Then you get it all hooked up right as the opens playing. And while you may be completely disheveled and trying to catch your breath, there's something satisfying about the fact that you made it on the air on time and no one really knows the difference. Like that's the
1: best. (laughs) That's it. That's it. We all sound cool, calm and collected, don't we? Yeah.
0: Some more than others for sure. Um, What's a, You've been doing it for for a long time, as we've talked about. what What's your favorite part of the job? what What kind of stays at the at the top for you um, after doing it this long that you enjoy?
1: Oh gosh, there are just so many memorable games, and and that that's just broadcasting a game to me is tons of fun. Uh, I know I've had people sometimes say to me, "I don't know how you do that. I would be yelling and screaming and jumping up and down, or hiding and running to the other room, or whatever." And they say, how do you do that? And I say, well, that's sort of my release. My talking is my cheering. Uh, I love describing what I'm seeing and and I like projecting the excitement of it. And um, that's the short term, that's it. I love broadcasting games. The big picture is, is just the funny, funny stories you come up. Anytime you travel with a group of people over 40 years, you're gonna have these hilarious stories and situations and uh camaraderies and relationships that, that come up and, and and those certainly stick with you as much or more than even the games themselves is there one
0: go-to story that comes to mind for you in in kind of all that i know there are some that you probably cannot tell but is there one that is <laughs> tellable that that kind of stands out oh gosh i know there there's are a few, that's a loaded question yeah,
1: yeah 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 there are a few i'd rather not tell uh And really, not that they're horrific. It's just, you know, kind of to protect the privacy of others, (laughs) I guess, who might have gotten in in an uncomfortable situation. But uh, uh, nothing I can think of offhand that I would like to share.
0: (laughs) Sure. Fair enough. Fair enough. I know, uh, uh, believe me, traveling with uh, especially uh, usually a baseball team during the Mm -hmm. summer, there's all sorts of stuff you talk about that, that, you know, that you're not supposed to tell other people. And that's, that's just kind of <laughs> how it is uh, in, in one way or another. Um, do you, do you, do you enjoy um, one sport over, over another at all? I, I know the, you know, between football and basketball, they're very different to call. Um, is there one you enjoy and even into to horse racing, obviously you, you've done a lot of that as well. Is there, is there anyone that, that you maybe enjoy for one reason or another over the other?
1: I've never really been able to pick one uh, for a couple of reasons. Um, I, I enjoy broadcasting, period, whatever the sport is. And two, you're right, I don't do much racing anymore, but I used to. And what happened was I got into a really great rotation of football in the fall, basketball in the winter, and racing in the spring. And as each one ended, I would be excited about the next one coming up. I don't know that I would ever want to do only one because I like the variety. And um, uh, the best way I can explain it, I remember telling this story once when I was speaking to a group of people where I was uh, in New Orleans at the Sugar Bowl and Louisville was beating Florida. And I thought, man, how can it get more exciting and more fun than this? And about uh, three months later, I was in Atlanta broadcasting a national championship (laughs) basketball game. And I thought, man, how can it get more fun and more exciting than this? And then about a month after that, they were coming down the stretch of the Kentucky Derby. The crowd was roaring, and I'm calling the race, and I'm thinking, man, how can it be more fun and exciting than this? So it just one after another, uh, I've really enjoyed them all and, and could never really lean toward just one. Uh,
0: this is another impossible-to-answer question, but hey, um, are there... You know, favorite uh, games or moments. I know, obviously, big bowl wins, as you just mentioned, and the national championship in, in 2013. Those are both going to be up there, I'd imagine. But are, are there any, uh, you know, any, any games or moments you think of uh, like that, that that immediately come to mind?
1: Yeah, there are. And you're right. You automatically default to, say, the national championship basketball game. Although what that does for me is brings to mind all these other great games that got you there, like the semifinal game when Tim Henderson hit the key shots to get him going. Uh, The Duke game when Lowell overcame Kevin Ware's broken leg. Mm -hmm. The Syracuse game in the Big East Championship. It's one of the greatest games I've ever seen in terms of of a team just exploding and putting on impressive shows. So one memory leads to another. Um, but besides the obvious, like the championship game, uh, I know basketball games that have always stuck with me were the big comeback against West Virginia at, uh, in Albuquerque back in yeah. uh, 2005 that got into the Final Four, uh, the last game at Freedom Hall. Uh, was one of the most emotional games I've ever been a part of. That was in 2010 when Louisville ended the season by beating Syracuse in a game they had to win, probably, to make the tournament. Syracuse was ranked number one. Uh, It was the last game at Freedom Hall. A lot of people were emotional about that. And then uh, the football games, like the Sugar Bowl win over Florida, the game against West Virginia when both teams were unbeaten and Louisville won that game. There's there's just so many over the course of the years that, that stick with you, and uh, just the excitement of the crowd, the excitement of the game, and that whole environment. Those are very fond memories.
0: No doubt, uh, a lot of great ones there. Um, you've you've had a chance to work with uh, with a number of, of analysts over the years between obviously the football and, and basketball side, and I know you know Craig Now and, and Bob's been been pretty steady in basketball for a while, but. Um, how much fun has it been to get to work with, with the variety of people you've gotten to work with sitting in the, the chair next to you over, over the years?
1: It's been fun working with all of them, but I will tell you nothing beats having a regular guy that you're accustomed to and that you worked with a lot. Uh, Bob and I've been together now for gosh, I think it's 18 years, maybe. Uh, he came on right when Patino came. So that was what, 2001. Yeah. Um, so that's been great. Uh, Of all my football analysts, they've all been fun, Uh, but Craig and I have had the longest time together. He's now on his third stint with me. Um, Every once in a while, we get divorced and we reconcile. (laughs) No, actually both times he's had a job change where he couldn't continue the games, but then things change around. He was able to do it again. So he and I've done a total of, I think, about 15 years together in three different stints. And you really do get this rapport that you don't even realize you get. Uh, I remember I I texted him recently back when I was going to Florida. I often do this in the summer. I like to go back and listen to old games. So I pulled out last year's Notre Dame game, the first game of the season. I was listening to it. And it occurred to me as I was listening that that was Craig's first game back with me after having been gone the last either two or three years. I forget exactly. and uh, when I listened to it and it occurred to me that he and I had not been together. you couldn't tell it. It was like we just picked up right where we had left off. Uh, it sounded exactly the same. We have this great back and forth. Uh, I love his his knowledge of the game, uh, his insight his insightfulness and his descriptions and uh, it, it, it's really it's really great to have partners like him and Bob who you can rely on to give you a great picture of what's going on.
0: No doubt. Definitely. uh, Definitely sounds like you guys didn't miss a beat. Um, You were inducted into the Kentucky athletic hall of fame back in 2014. It's been, I guess, six years already. That's crazy to think about, but uh, what did that mean to you? What did that, what did that mean to get to go into that?
1: Oh, that uh, without a doubt, that was uh, the biggest honor I've had and the most unexpected honor uh, to be in a, in a, Group, with a group of people like the the athletes that are in the Hall of Fame, I mean, you're talking about Muhammad Ali, for Pete's sake, <laughs> uh, and other uh, childhood heroes of mine, and then broadcasting legends like Kaywood Ledford and, and Van Vance. And, uh, that that really meant the world to me. That was a very special evening, and uh, I'll, I'll always treasure that. That's That would go down as my favorite uh accomplishment I guess you would say or if someone wanted to you know were to ask me what's the one label that you would like to have I I think that would be at uh, Kentucky Athletic Hall of Famer
0: much deserved Um, a couple more for you Um, looking into the future obviously very uncertain for this season as we've already talked about but have you have you thought at all about what the job may look like this year if in fact it's it's played i know um you know in in major league baseball they're 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 there at the home games but but calling road games from the home stadiums and and that sort of thing have you have you thought about that at, at all what it what it could look like in 2020 2021 if uh, if everything's played
1: Yes, I have thought about it a lot, uh, and I think all of us have. Just last week, I was on a group text that was actually started by uh, Matt Park, who is the Syracuse announcer, where he got all of the ACC play-by-play guys together just to you know trade info, trade some thoughts. What are you thinking? What are your plans? How do you think you're going to do these things? And nobody has a set plan yet, but we're all formulating ideas. Uh, we think we will go to, a road, to road games Uh, not positive, but think we will, then if we do, will we travel with a team or will we have to travel on our own? That's still to be figured out. Uh, If we don't go to games, you know, will we do it from maybe the broadcast studios there at UofL watching a TV monitor? That's a possibility. Uh, Who will be in your booth? In all likelihood, I don't think we're going to be able to have a statistician with us in our booth. Now we can still get computer stats, but your statistician can give you, you know, the quick feedback things on how long the run was, how long the punt was. So all those things are going to be an adjustment. We don't yet know exactly what they will be and what it will look like. Uh, but, yeah, we've, we've all been thinking about it quite a bit. I was talking with John Penny from Louisville Sports Properties last week about some of these things and some some uh, ideas and plans we're going to have to implement
0: going to be very interesting and certainly hope, uh, everyone does get to travel. I think you'll lose just, just a lot, not being able to actually be there, but obviously, uh, we'll see what, what the health situation kind of dictates. Um, been asking everybody, this is a way to kind of get you out of here. Um, you know, you mentioned playing some golf and taking walks and that sort of thing. Have you gotten into any, Um, Netflix or TV shows or anything like that that you can can recommend for folks?
1: Absolutely. Uh, Golly, we've watched some really, really good ones. Uh, Currently watching uh, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Uh, Watching that with my wife. Uh, Went through uh, Schitt's Creek, of course. I think we can say that word without it being a profanity. And Um, even if
0: not, it's a podcast, so we're all good. (laughs)
1: Laughed hysterically at that. Um, some little offbeat ones you might not have heard as much about them, but I just kind of stumbled upon. I recently watched a two-part documentary. It, it was two hours each part on Frank Sinatra, oh wow, uh, called called All or Nothing at all. I believe that was the name of it. That was terrific. And another documentary about taking down the mafia in New York City back in the 1980s called Fear City. Uh, that, that was another good one. So we've watched, I'm sure, pretty much the same ones everybody will recommend to you, but those are maybe a couple of different ones you, you might keep in mind. But yes, we are definitely thanking for uh, Netflix, Amazon Prime, and and all those various outlets. In fact, they even uh, put up a new TV last week so we can watch them even better.
0: <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Yes. Uh, Fear City is on our list as well. We've not watched it yet, but uh, it looks phenomenal. Looking forward yeah. to to checking that one out. Uh, Paul really appreciate this. This has been awesome. Um, uh, I know, um, I know folks enjoy hearing from you and, and, uh, certainly a pleasure for me to get to do this without you uh, and listening to you as I grew up. I know there's no way I'd be in this field. So, uh, thanks for that. And thanks for taking the time and hopefully look forward to hearing you, uh, coming up in the next month or so with hopefully a football season getting underway.
1: My pleasure, Go cards, and uh, like you, I, I hope we're playing games in a few weeks. See ya.
0: Thanks, Paul, and definitely hope we are uh, playing games in a few weeks. We will see how things continue to play out. Again, thanks for checking out the podcast. You can get it, Google Play, iTunes, and Spotify, all those places, as well as the website. Check out GoCards.com for that and all the other latest news surrounding University of Louisville Athletics. And uh, if you could... Uh, download the podcast you can give us a download subscribe to it so you never miss an episode you can certainly stream it at any of those places and if you can leave a rating that would be nice as well we would appreciate that thanks for tuning in again this week we will catch you next time I'm Nick Curran this is Welcome to the Ville the official podcast of the Louisville Cardinals